This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design, and here's my co-host, Alan from Pixel Partners HQ. G'day, Greg. How are you doing today, mate? <laughs> what a crazy hyped up fake intro. But, um, <laughs> oh, come on. It's, it's, it's not fake. We, we get excited when we record. Well, we do, absolutely. But that's just going over the top, you know. Um, well, anyway, I mean, it's happening? been said before that maybe we should just record one, but you know what? Yeah, it, it gets us in the it gets us in, in the, the mindset of the of the podcast, doesn't it? When we read it does that indeed, out. does indeed, mate. So, what's been happening in your world, mate? Look, you know what? I've been doing a lot of what maybe seemingly boring stuff. You know, mm-hmm. just I've been working actively in the business on a lot of jobs, just reviewing processes and systems. And as much as it's a little bit of a hard slog, you know, a lot of these things that do it once and they're there forever. Yeah. You know, and, you know, just simple things over the last couple of weeks that, you know, I've, I've, I've made a new process and I've got a little system for making the process and I make it and lo and behold, you know, a week later somebody asks me about that exact same thing and I just flick them a link to the Google Doc that has a video in it, it has Beautiful. screenshots in it, it has step-by-step guide in it and, you know, you just go, wow, I just saved myself X amount of time not having to explain it again and yeah. the team has a solid basis for doing that operation, which is pretty cool. Totally, man. Not very sexy, but totally necessary. Not sexy at all. What have you been doing that's sexy? <laughs> been to the snow. I think I mentioned that I was going the other week. Yeah, just been and man, in Victoria, in Australia, we've had like the best snow that we've had in, and I think it's the same in New South Wales, that we've had in about 20 years. And it's dumping all this week as well, like 25 centimetres today. And, you know, they're getting close to two metres. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, cool is the word for it because we are getting that cold wind coming up from the snowies and it is freezing in Sydney the last couple of weeks. Now, mind you, (laughs) I will just note that uh, for our international listeners, our definition of freezing in Sydney is about 10 degrees Celsius, which is not freezing at all. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Way off. <laughs> so what cool. do we got what do we got today, Greg? Well, we're talking about using sexy in design to increase conversions, right? And so they could be in websites or products or anything. But I mean, obviously we specialize in websites, so I'll be concentrating a bit on that. But we're gonna touch on, you know, a lot of industries that use sexy to help sell their products or services. All right, personal disclaimer. I'm not an expert in sexy, right? <laughs> Neither am I personally, but... I don't know. Yeah, uh, look at your profile photo, Greg. You're pretty good. You're pretty good. But, but look, you, you know, I, I do understand the concept, right? And it's just, it's interesting because, you know, people say sex sells, right? But we're not actually talking about that. We're not talking about necessarily overt nudity and and sexual in- innuendos, are we, Greg? No, not at all, man. No, it's just sexy in general. I mean, we do touch on uh, bearing a bit more skin because that can help sell and we'll touch on that when we get into some examples. But yeah, no, generally speaking, we're talking about sexy design and, and you know, but using people as well to interact with your product. You know, sexy people can actually help sell more products and services. So, why do you think that is? Like, let's just do a really broad brushstroke. Why sexy cells? Yeah, well, look, 
I mean, obviously, you know, people like people that are, are nice to look at, you know, and, and actually we say yes to people that we like. So if we like people because they're nice to look at, then there's more, you're more likely to sell more products. So um, we actually think that beautiful people are smarter, kinder, and more trustworthy. So that's just a natural thing. Whether it's true or not, that's what we automatically think. Yeah, this is the big we, isn't it? So, so research uh, has shown that that's the perception that, that society has. And it's probably, you know, care of things like, you know, modern media, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that wasn't necessarily the case in, you know, the early 1800s, for example. But, but that's where we stand today. And, and I think on top of that, I think it's somewhat aspirational. Would you agree? Like that's you put yourself yeah. into the skin of the person that is within the design. That's exactly right. And that's why a lot of brands use famous sexy people as well, because, you know, they want their prospects to aspire to be more like that person. Yeah. Which is a little bit scary. I must say having, having three young kids um, and, and even at the age that they are, look, my, my daughter wanted to buy some merch, as she puts it, from her mm -hmm. favourite YouTuber, you know. Uh -huh, yeah. And, I mean, this YouTuber does Minecraft videos and, you know, he's, he really does have a target audience of young kids. Yet when you go to his website, the merch is modelled by fairly sexy women young women you know yeah and my first thing was oh you're not wearing it off the shoulder like that and what's the first thing my daughter does when she gets it in front of the mirror mm. is drop it off her shoulder so yeah. it is somewhat aspirational and and it's becoming really commonplace in in design in so many levels now we're sort of hinting about fashion and makeup you know we're talking about famous people but you know this can apply to just about any business can't it yeah, can indeed, man. But just on that, like, uh, yeah, I've got a 10-year-old daughter. And, um, you know, you have a look at some of those pop music film clips that use sexy, but they kind of take it too far, in my opinion. Could just me be me because I'm a father of a 10-year-old daughter. But, you know, we banner from some of those clips because they're verging on being erotic. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a very fine line, right? You know, and, and I believe, I genuinely believe that sexy sells and can be done exceptionally tastefully, mm. right? Like it doesn't have to be erotic. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I look, 100%. Absolutely. I think they just take it way too far. So, yeah, but that's that's film clips. and But they do it because, you know, sexy sells. It helps sell their music. All right. So let's, let's rope this into design, right? Where, where should we start with this, Greg? Sure. So look, what I like to do when, you know, we're taking a brief for a design and obviously not everything that we do is uh, going to be, you know, have sexy involved in the design. Apart from the fact that we have our designs looking sexy, we don't always use sexy people in the designs. It just depends on what the product or service is all about. But the first thing you really want to do is to segment your audience into 
gender and age because as soon as you know that then everything can be designed around that target audience and yes we're going to hear it from the listener oh but we you know we need to design for a broad range of people yeah we get that yeah but you can then drill down and do design specifically for that particular you know gender and age group right greg yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So, look, it doesn't apply to absolutely everything because, yeah, there's a lot of products out there that are, you know, let's say Apple, for instance, because they're the best example that are doing extremely well and they don't really segment their products into gender or age. Well, I guess they do slightly, but, yeah, it, the point is that if you do it, if you have a product that is targeted at, you know, let's say um, 20-year-old females, then you want to have all of your imagery uh, to match that and your market to uh, sorry your marketing message and everything on the entire design of the product to the packaging or whatever it is to the web design all needs to be tailored towards that specific age group and gender and it doesn't necessarily mean too that you use that age group and gender it just need, needs, needs to be targeted at so we're talking about that aspirational idea again so we just designed a series of packaging for a halloween face paint series right yeah and it was aspirational it was targeted at the tween market right so the sort of 12 to 15 age group maybe maybe slipping into 16 17 but all the faces that we used to impose the the makeup on to show it were all in the 18 to 21 young looking 18 to 21 age group because you don't want to put a pimple-faced 13-year-old on there because even though that might be what a pimple-faced 13-year-old looks like, it's not what they aspire to look like. Yeah, spot on. And, yeah, we did a website recently for a sports clinic, you know, business, and they have ranges aged from, I think, 6 to 13. And so, of course, you know, we want, like you, we use the old, the upper end of the age group in our imagery because it's more aspirational. So, yeah, that's a really good tip. And look, let's be realistic, right? This this applies in so many places and we don't even realise. You know, just even your average peanut butter commercial. You know, you don't... I'll tell you what, my wife does not make breakfast for the kids, right? Well, actually, she doesn't. I make it most of them. But when she makes breakfast for the kids, she's in her pyjamas and her dressing gown and she's got her hair tied up because she hasn't got ready for the day, right? But mm -hmm. when you see an ad for that on, on TV or in the press or in whatever format it is, the mum that's making the breakfast is always sexy. May not be dirty, but always beautifully dressed. You know, hair's done nicely, makeup is on. So, you know, it's really yeah. about thinking a little deeper in the way you design things. And people go, oh, but I'm a service business. You know, I want to show the reality of our, of our business. Well... You know, a lot of companies will pay models to be in their uniform to be part of the photography to be used in the design because, again, people just have that that trust in a nice-looking face. I think it's terrible, isn't yeah. it, really, when you think about it, but it's the truth. 
It is the truth. It's, it's human nature. So, but yeah, just on that, like no matter if you sell a product or service, if you think about having a, some form of landing page or a brochure or anything, you really have to keep in mind the psychological drivers of what drive women, for instance, versus men, you know? So some of those things for women, like they are much more concerned about security, right? So, you know, especially on, on a website. So, you know, you really have to address those issues. They usually need more information to to make a decision they prefer different colors to men right they'll read more ad copy and copy on a a landing page or a brochure whatever the case is that you know they read more so and they love stories so you know you got to take all those things into consideration and women actually care more about bargains okay so this is according to a macy university study of 2008 but uh, i would say it's still true today <laughs> what are your thoughts oh look absolutely and what's what's the opposite to that greg what's the the male perspective on this yeah so look basically the, and some of these things will make you laugh but men tend to be more impulsive shoppers right so i would no. definitely i would definitely agree with that <laughs> We prefer headlines and bullets because we just like to skim through the page. We don't want to get bogged down in all the copy. We're less less concerned with, you know, things like shipping or, uh, you know, shipping costs or anything that's sort of after the, the price that we see up front. You know, we'll just go, oh, yeah, okay. Okay, I want that because it's this product and then whatever gets added on the end, we're not as concerned about it. And when it comes to images and looking at, Uh, sexy photos especially of women we are more likely to look at the crutch area of the photos (laughs) and many heat map tests have proved that that's where the men's eye is drawn okay so just keep that in mind um and men care more about brands regard uh, sorry brand names regardless of price i think that might be a an ego status type of thing Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to debate that particular point. But look, I, I get what you're saying. So, you know, the way you design and the way you add sexy to a design is different depending on whether it's for men or for women, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then, like, if we just think about some examples of, you know, how different industries use sexy in design so if you think about a car right in the car industry they usually all their advertising especially tv commercials they always have um, sexy people or you know not necessarily sexy all the time but if they want to sell a car that has a prestige sort of aspirational i don't know target market you know they're going to use some a very sexy man or a woman driving that particular car and so picture that verse just showing the car by itself it doesn't have the same appeal so that's why they use sexy in their commercials yeah and it's always a sexy mum and dad and very pretty kids. They're certainly yeah. not. When I look in the back seat of my car, it's three kids with <laughs> McDonald's fries all over the seats and sauce running down their face, spilling Coke everywhere. So, again, it's the perception of how we, we, would, we believe we want it to be is brought across in the, in, in the designs. Exactly. And furniture do the same thing. You know, I mean, in a glossy magazine, it's generally probably just the the furniture, but it's always shown in situ as opposed to just, you know, on a white canvas sort of thing. Um, But if you put, yeah, people in the furniture, you know, there's a couple ads on TV at the moment that have sexy women lounging all over the furniture. And, you know, yeah, I think the reason they do it is because sexy helps drive the sales of that particular furniture item. What are your thoughts on that? 
Look, I, I completely agree. I mean, not, not directly related to furniture, but we were doing some work for some barbecue accessories, right? And the entire market is all about just showing the, the actual item and maybe showing it in use. But I was proposing that we had, you know, a nice, good-looking, you know, maybe three couples having sitting in an entertainment area with, you know, a nice-looking guy working the barbecue and a nice lady pouring the wine because, yes, it might be a barbecue accessory, but the barbecue accessory is part of that overall experience. And if we use the right models, mm. we'll connect with the buyer. Yeah, most definitely. And then also, if you think about food, you know, think about ice creams, right? You can either just show the ice cream by itself or show a sexy person really enjoying that ice cream. I know which one I'm going to want to eat more. <laughs> the person or the ice cream? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, cool. And, yeah, I mean, if you think about clothes and shoes, I mean, a lot of, you know, fashion brands, especially sports brands, they use famous people, you know, usually um, famous sexy people if they can get them, but um, they definitely use famous people. And, yeah, that's obviously to, to sell more of their products because picture a shoe by itself versus showing the results that, you know, a famous active maybe sports star uh, gets by using those shoes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I think all these examples that you've given are just showing that, you know, if the if the top part of the wedge, so these are the big players, the big fashion brands, the big car manufacturers, the big food manufacturers, if they're all using this in their designs, then it funnels down to everybody else. And we might be at the bottom of that funnel there as far as small businesses, but the expectations from the consumer are being moulded to expect to see this, right? And it's becoming the norm, whether it be right or wrong, it is becoming the norm. And, you know, you look at things like Facebook feeds and Instagram and uh, all these other visual media and the advertising is all, you know, tailored at what we think we should be within society. Maybe yeah. it's maybe it's care of reality TV or, or whatever whatever it is. It's 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 media in general. So we have to think about how to apply. So how does an average business owner, Greg, apply this to the design of their website, for example? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on that in a sec. You've just made me think about Instagram, and I've got a client that when she shows more of her belly. On her Instagram, she gets more likes, more shares, and more sales just from showing more belly. She has a pretty good belly, though. She has a very good belly. <laughs> I do know who you're talking about, but she has a great belly. <laughs> exactly. So, and yeah, the largest audiences of Instagram followers are usually sexy people showing a bit of skin. So, go figure. It's just human nature. So, you can't you can't deny it. But so, to, uh, to answer your question, Al, for the, an average person that you know has a small business, you can use sexy in your design. It doesn't have to be sexy people so much, but you can use stock imagery if you you know if you really want it. Or maybe you're sexy yourself and you put yourself on your website. But, you know, that's not all we're talking about here. We're talking about sexy design in general. So a lot of these big companies, you know, the, their designs are sexy. You know, if you think Apple or Nike or whatever, 
take away all the people and just the designs of their products and their their websites are absolutely sexy as to look at so you can learn from that you know these big companies do it because it works so you can mimic that and that's why you know obviously when we design websites we ask for you know websites that you like the look of and then we'll use all those type of websites as inspiration but we always try and deliver a sexy looking design yeah look it's interesting i mean i sort of define this is sort of a side definition we're talking about sexy in design right not just using sex in design and yeah, yeah, that's right. i think a sexy design uh, is a design that stands out in the crowd and people are wowed by it right so you know for, for the women out there if you're you, you know you're sitting at a cafe with you with your girlfriends and this you know men and women walking past that one sexy man that walks past gets all your attention right and that's sexy in design so and then we've done that in industries with things like packaging where we've tried to really bring something that stands out is beautiful doesn't have people on it doesn't have sexy people on it but within its context in amongst all its peers it yep. really stands out as being sexy you know yeah perfect example and I mean, the, the, I mean, we keep bring, coming back to thing to, to Apple, but you know, Apple, you know, when, when they came out with the iPhone, it was a sexy device. Forget all the design around the packaging and the advertising, but the device itself had this element of beauty that just wasn't around in mobile phones. It's funny you mention that. Like we design, you know, sort of apps for for one of our clients, and. Um, you know, if you think about if he was trying to sell apps and he just used the interface of the app on on a web page, for instance, it doesn't look sexy. But if you put it in an iPhone frame, then it becomes a lot more sexy looking. And studies have actually proven that if you're going to use a smartphone, you know, shell for showcasing your design, Apple iPhones actually get better results than using, say, I don't know, whatever those other brands are. <laughs> yeah, some other random smartphone. Yeah, yeah, look, and it is. And this is just the, the deep, I think this is the deeper level of, I, I guess, asking the question of what is sexy within the context of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, attractive websites and packaging and, and all that, they have a, a perceived value of being more trustworthy because they've gone that extra mile to invest in sexy design. So, you know, just that trust factor alone by having sexy design will convince prospects to buy or more than likely. You know, it's funny because you and I use this this term within design sexy, right? And mm -hmm. and I now that we're having this conversation, I'm I can see the look on some of my clients' faces when I've turned around and said to them, "This is a really sexy piece of design." <laughs> like it may have come from one of their competitors, or I may be proposing it because it's come from another industry, and I can see the look on their face. Well, why is this piece of packaging? sexy why is this catalog cover sexy why is this you know design for amazon sexy right and mm -hmm. and you and i would look at it and go well there's a real beauty in that right and we, we would have that appeal to us that maybe the average person doesn't necessarily see yeah absolutely and it could just come down to the color you know so i mean just generally speaking um if you look at a lot of fashion websites you know they're trying to be super sexy right so they usually use a lot of black and white like high contrast okay so and if you look at the um, you know high-end brands like you know women's perfumes or or cars or you know the higher end they are they usually have a lot of dark 
backgrounds okay so it doesn't mean the whole site would be dark but usually just you know parts of it or the section above the fold for instance and then there'll be high contrast with white backgrounds as well so yeah to me if you want your site to be super sexy or your product just use high contrast and use a lot of dark in there as well yeah look i think that that's become sort of the the, the sexy norm just because it's kind of neutral and doesn't draw away from maybe the key elements that are within the the designs would you think yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I hate to use the word pop, but it does make the key things stand out more and pop, if you like, which you love that word. Oh, that's my favourite, <laughs> favourite term. When a when a client comes back to me and says, can you make, make it, it pop? pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's one way. You can have everything else, you know, neutral so that the hero stands out more. Look, so, so to summarise, right... Adding sexy to your design doesn't mean adding, you know, hot-looking women to your uh, to your advertisements. It doesn't mean having, you know, buffed surf guys with their shirts off, right? It's it's adding a level of inspirational and aspirational elements to the design, whether it be people or otherwise. It's making the design feel sexy so that if somebody looks at that and says, I want that, I want to be part of that, there's a sex appeal to the design. Would you agree? Yeah, perfect. That, that They're killer tips right there, man. And, yeah, I would just say, you know, really you don't want to let poor, unsexy design be the reason that your product or service isn't selling. So, you know, people will judge your business on the way your website or your products look. So whether that's fair or not, it's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and when you are using stock photography and you're going to an effort to find a nice looking person for it, just make sure it's in context. You know, like it's, I often see the stereotypical, you know, uh, really, really pretty early 20s girl with a headset on for a call centre image, you know. Mm, and, yep. yeah, okay, you're using a sexy girl, but, you know, how many of us really think that the person on the other end of that line is that, <laughs> is that, that person? person? It, it just yeah. looks too much like a like a stock image, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. But that could just be me and you because we're, you know, we, you know, we're around that type of thing all the time. But to the average punter, who knows? They probably don't know any different. Good point. Good point. So, so what is your hot tip today, Greg? Well, yeah, just look at your design and just think like whatever it is, a product, a website or whatever. But yeah, just look at it and just think, can you add some sexy into it somehow to, to hopefully get it to a, a level that's going to entice people to, to buy more. And, you know, you might just want to do a split test, like put a, an image of, for instance, like, you know, an image of a sexy person versus non-sexy and just split test to see if your audience is going to resonate with that and if it's going to get you a better result. Yeah, look, and I think that was what I was going to say is try some ideas, right? So, you know, an example might be if you've got a, a product photo, have the product photo and then have a nice looking person holding the product photo and split test the two and just see what reaction you get i mean we do mm. we do a lot of designs for for amazon enhanced brand content which is the you know the below the fold designs on an amazon listing and i you know, desperately encourage the clients to put people into those designs right yep. because it does convert better it's a simple fact if you've just got more product photos you know putting it in context and and often their argument is oh but we cover a broad range of people well that's okay 
you know, pick the biggest portion of those people. You're not going to turn somebody, you're not going to turn a guy off by having a good looking guy in the frame yeah. if they're, the, you know, 70% of their customers are women, right? Exactly. If anything, they're going to go, yeah, I want to be that guy, right? So, yeah. you know, get, get that imagery tailored so it looks really nice. And the other thing too with your product photography, take the time to really think about how do you make your product look really beautiful, really, really, sexy. really sexy, you know. Mm. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to wrap up on this. You know, we, we spend a lot of time taking new product photos for clients and making 3D renders for clients because the difference between what we produce and what other photographers or they've tried to produce in-house is that ours are sexy. When you put them side by side, they look at the product and go, wow, that looks really, really amazing, you know? So yeah. it works. It converts. Work uh, out how to integrate it into your business. Yeah, and I've seen some of your product photos, and, yeah, they are damn sexy, man. You do put a lot of effort into them, like into setting up the shoot and then the, uh, the post-production as well. Well, they're so sexy that people are stealing them, which is frustrating. Oh, that can happen. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say we've got a major copyright case at the moment for, oh, for one wow. of our clients because we did such a good job that people have decided that they want to use them without without permission. Yeah, and look, yeah, I've got a client that the same things happened to him and there's not much you can do about it in some cases, you know, or it's a long, hard battle to, to win. Oh, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, we've, we've gone straight to the lawyers with this one, so... Uh, okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll get clean. It'll get sorted out pretty quickly. Yeah. Cool. Well, good luck with that one, dude. But yeah, great episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks, listener. Yeah, and if you would like to jump over to our website, therealmagic.com, if you have any comments, just leave them underneath this episode recording. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.